Hi, I'm Steve Anderson, author of The Bezos Letters, 14 Principles to Grow Your Business Like Amazon. And over previous uh, shows that I've done, I've talked a lot about the 14 principles themselves, the four cycles that I have grouped them in, test, build, accelerate, and scale. And now I want to talk about uh, what I think uh, actually uh, might become a 15th principle. Not sure yet, but Kieran and I are uh, actually starting to strategize, think about a updated edition, a second edition to the book, The Bezos Letters. And what would we put in it? What would we leave out? Are there things we would change? And the reason we're thinking about doing that is one, the current book, it goes from the 1997 letter through the 2018 letter. Well, since the book was published, we have the 2019 letter that was released and the 2020 letter that was released earlier this year. And actually, the 2020 letter is the last shareholder letter that Bezos will write as CEO of Amazon. Uh, as he has stepped aside, we talked about that in a previous show, as he has stepped aside from the CEO position and moved into an executive chairman position. And then Andy Jassy, who was CEO of Amazon Web Services, has moved into the Amazon CEO position. Again, you know, we're going to strategize on what 19 and 20 might bring to the mix. But what I want to talk about today is a concept that Bezos actually first introduced back in 2006 and then actually came around to talk about it a bit again in the 2020 letter. So we'll get there. Give me a minute to kind of give you a little bit of background. So the 2006 shareholder letter um starts and again he's still using in 2006 to our shareholders uh, we've talked before how he shifted to starting to use share owners as his salutation first paragraph first sentence really is at amazon's current scale planting seeds that will grow into meaningful new business takes some discipline a bit of patience and a nurturing culture. And then he goes on to say, our established businesses are well-rooted young trees. They are growing, enjoying high returns on capital, operate in very large market segments. And that, so that's kind of what I want to start talking about is, as at the time, Bezos was thinking about, okay, what other businesses can we start? How do we determine what's the right business, the mix, whether we should actually go into a new market um, segment. So he goes on to say in that letter, um, before we invest our shareholders money in a new business, we must be convinced ourselves that the new opportunity can generate the returns on capital our investors expected when they invested in Amazon and we must convince ourselves that the new business can grow to a scale where it can be significant in the context of our overall company. Furthermore, 
we must believe that the opportunity is currently underserved and that we have the capabilities needed to bring strong customer facing differentiation to the marketplace. Without that, it's unlikely we get to scale in that new business. So I want to focus on this term differentiation. And that's what we're going to talk about a bit here uh, today. Um, what does that mean for you? What did it mean for Amazon? And how might you apply that in your own organization? So let's categorize what Bezos just said. In order to move into a new market, they need high returns on capital, a very large market segment, the opportunity is underserved, and number four, that we have the capabilities to bring strong customer differentiation. And again, differentiation is what can we do differently? And he goes on to explain what that might look like. And he says, I often get asked, when are you going to open physical stores? Now, again, 2006, they've all that entire history so far has been e-commerce online platform. They had scaled, they had done a great job of serving customers first with books, as you know, and then all kinds of other things that you can now buy on Amazon. But physical stores, why would they open it? Well, here's what he, or why would they not or pass on it at that point? Here's what he says. That's an expansion opportunity we've resisted. It fails all but one of the tests outlined. Remember those four. The potential size of a network of physical stores is, is exciting, right? Big U.S., international now with uh, all the other countries that they are in. It's exciting. However, we don't know how to do it with low capital. That's one of the problems with retail, right? It's expensive land and building and uh, inventory and all kinds of things that you have to have there. Low capital and high returns. Physical world retailing is a cagey and ancient business that's already well served. I think that's kind of the core right now. How can we, again, as Amazon, or how can you and your business, if you're thinking about going into a new segment, new marketplace, how can you bring something different to the marketplace? So it's already well-served retail. And he goes on to say, we don't have any ideas for how to build a physical world store experience that's meaningfully differentiated for customers. And, and, and again, that differentiation and meaningfully differentiated for customers. And again, it fails, again, all but one test, but potential size is big. We don't know how to do it with low capital and high returns. Retailing is cagey in an ancient business that's already well-served and we don't have any ideas, and I'm going to add, he's not saying this, I am, parenthetically, we don't have any ideas yet of how to build a physical world store experience that is, has and is meaningfully differentiated for 
customers that might come in. He goes on to say, shoes, apparel, groceries, these are big segments where we have the right skills to invent and grow large scale, high return businesses that genuinely improve customer experience. Well, again, 2006, if you look at shoes, right, they acquired Zappos, again, very differentiated customer experience there. Apparel, they added uh, lines in uh, e-commerce and different ways of you uh, being able to acquire or purchase uh, clothing, et cetera, and then groceries. And again, what did Amazon do in the grocery business? They purchased Whole Foods, added about 450 physical retail locations, and they've been working since that acquisition on how to figure out what is a meaningfully differentiated experience for customers and Amazon customers. And that, that's ongoing. So he also says, when you see us enter new businesses, it's because we believe the above tests have been passed. So let's go to another example. And again, this is Bezos example, Amazon Web Services or often called AWS is an example of such a business. AWS, they're building a business, again, the 2006 still, so this is a while ago, building a new business focused on a new customer set, software developers. They have never had anything for that customer segment. It's always been for retail and consumers. We currently offer 10 different web services. Okay, so that gives you a dated picture. Now it's hundreds of different web services and have built a community of over 240,000 registered developers using the Amazon Web Services service. We're targeting broad needs universally faced by developers, storage, computing capacity, and areas where developers have asked for help and in which we have deep expertise from scalingamazon.com. Again, if you go back to some of those criteria, they do have deep expertise in terms of the development world and what uh, services developers can utilize. We're well positioned to do it, going on to quote, it's highly differentiated. No one else was doing it at the time. Now we have several others between Microsoft Azure and Google Cloud and a few other ones there that are trying to compete. But Amazon came in early and still has a significant market share in the cloud computing um, services uh, arena. And it can be a significant financially attractive business over time. Well, again, fast forward to current 2021, it generates billions of dollars of profit uh, per year for Amazon uh, just in the AWS uh, arena. So again, back to those criteria, targeting broad need universally faced by developers, deep expertise already in place, highly differentiated AWS because of the services not available anywhere else and significant financial back to that return on capital investment has been significant. AWS is a great example of how they grew 
a completely different business as part of the Amazon umbrella. Well, let's start back to physical stores. If you remember, he said in 2006, we haven't figured out how to have a meaningfully differentiated experience until they did. So in 2015, they opened up Amazon Books, so a bookstore. Now, they're not thousands of locations there, but they are continuing to add books and bookstores to certain areas in the country. Now, what's a meaningful differentiation experience for the customer in an Amazon bookstore? Well, if you haven't been in a bookstore, it's very different than the Barnes and Noble huge mega store that has, you know, maybe 100, 150,000 titles on shelves in all kinds of different areas. It's actually a smaller space, maybe 25,000 square feet or so. Because it's Amazon, they can stock the books that people are reading in the area where the bookstore is physically located because they know that information from what books people are buying. Every book, um, I would say 95% of the books in the Amazon bookstore actually have the cover facing out, not the spine facing out. If you go into a Barnes and Noble, you'll see probably only 5% or less of books with the cover facing out, most are the spine. They need the shelf space. Amazon doesn't. And it, and and you don't go to an Amazon bookstore to, to uh, get the book you know you want to read next. You just order it on Amazon.com. But you do go to an Amazon bookstore to discover the next book that you might enjoy. And so they have replicated some of the things on Amazon.com, like um, people who bought this book also might like this. And that's actually shelves that they have with the books listed there. So they're mimicking and customizing the books in every bookstore to the local tastes and what people are reading locally. So a different experience. And frankly, you know, if they don't have a book, you can just order it right there and have it delivered directly to your home, kind of in the normal Amazon fulfillment process. Now, so that's that was their first foray Amazon books into physical stores, and they were experimenting. You've heard me say this over and over again. I think one of Amazon's biggest assets is their willingness to experiment, their willingness to test, their willingness to fail, and their willingness to learn and iterate and test again. Experiment leads to invention, which allows innovation. And they do experiment and invention really well. Their next four-way into physical stores was Amazon Go, a 1,000 to 1,500 square foot convenience store, be it a 7-Eleven or a Tom Thumb or a, without the gas, right? Um, so typically in more uh, dense urban areas where people for lunch might walk in and get a prepackaged sandwich and some chips and something to drink to take to the park uh, and, and have a quick lunch outside. What's different about Amazon Go stores is you have an app on your phone with a, a barcode or a QR code that you scan 
as you walk in the door, the, the doors open up. It's kind of like subway doors, right? When you put your ticket in and they open up, allows you to walk through. But now what's different is the technology, the cameras, the pressure, the shelves actually follow you around in the store and track what you pull off the shelf, put in your bag because you want to buy it or pull off the shelf, look at it and say, no, nah, I don't want that one. Put it back and go and pick something else up. The, the technology is extensive and actually pretty amazing. I've been in several Amazon Go stores and literally when you're done shopping, you just walk out. There is no checkout. There are people there to help you if you need it, but there is no self-checkout. There is no checkout because Amazon already knows exactly what's in your bag and what you're taking out with you. And literally a few minutes later, you receive an email receipt for the items that you purchased at the Go store and took out with you. It frankly feels like you're shoplifting right? Almost kind of have to look around a little bit and go, oh yeah, it's okay, right? I can just walk out, right? And, and the answer to that is yes. So what's the meaningful differentiation in an Amazon Go store? It's the fact that it has solved the biggest frustration and problem with existing retail, the checkout line. And I, literally, I was just at a grocery store recently with the self-checkout. And, and frankly, now with people having a hard time finding uh, workers, et cetera, those self-checkout lines are getting longer and longer. And you know how frustrating that can be, right? You didn't scan it right, or you didn't put it in the bag right, or you didn't then had to call an attendant to reset it. And it can be extremely frustrating. They have solved that problem by literally removing checkout from the experience. I would call that meaningfully differentiated. They've also continued to experiment by expanding that technology into larger grocery store, 10 to 12,000 square feet with um, uh, produce and kind of a normal grocery store, not huge mega store, but you know, one where you can go shopping and two ways to do it using that same just walk out technology. And also Amazon's experimenting with shopping carts that have scanners on the cart itself. You scan your Amazon information so they know you who you are. And as you put things into the shopping cart like you normally would, it actually scans the item for the barcode, adds them to your shopping list. And again, you can actually have the, the shopping bags, right, to, to carry the stuff out with you in the cart itself, because when you're done, you literally pick up the bags and just walk out. A differentiated experience in retail. It took them, right, a long time, multiple years, that actually harkens back to another one of the growth principles, which is apply long-term thinking, right? Being willing to experiment for a long time to figure out what is the right way to do this? How can we create the absolute best customer experience? So that to me, that's really interesting. And, I, and again, I, my purpose on this particular show is to really drive home this idea of meaningfully differentiated. 
what are you doing right now in your business to do that? Or, or are you me too, right? Are you just copying another competitor or are you inventing on behalf of your customer, solving their biggest pain points, the biggest friction points in their having to deal with you in your business and organization? And we all businesses have certain friction points that we maybe are used to, but maybe if we actually actively help fix it, we can help our customers have a different experience. And if they do, right, it's not just low price at that point, it's the experience that you are providing them within your, be it a physical store, be it an online store, whatever that looks like for you. Well, let's fast forward to the 2020 letter because Bezos picks up this theme again. Remember, this 2020 is his last letter as a CEO. Kind of the way I look at it is his last opportunity uh, to teach. And, and I do think that is a core idea behind what Bezos has done in these annual shareholder letters is here's what we've learned at Amazon that also might apply to you. So one section, again, the, the letter's fairly long. It's got a several different sections, but the one I'm going to concentrate on here is called Create More Than You Consume. And again, this is in the 2020 share owner letter, uh, as I mentioned earlier. Differentiation is survival. I'm quoting now under that category or that section of the letter. Differentiation is survival. And the universe wants you to be typical. Now, interestingly, he quotes in that letter from a book written by uh, Richard Dawkins called The Blind Watchmaker. And I, I don't want to read the whole quote, but it's talking about how the world right now attempts to make you normal. They, they, Try the you know and and it and with Dawkins it's kind of the universe or you know what what the, whatever those forces are attempt to make you normal, and the question he asks is how much work does it take to maintain your distinctiveness? So obviously that resonated with Bezos because he included you know a couple of paragraph quotes. Um, Again, from Richard Dawkins' quote, distinctiveness, originality is valuable. We are all taught to be yourself, but can you embrace and be realistic about how much energy it takes to maintain that distinctiveness? And again, Dawkins' quote, the world wants you to be typical in a thousand ways it pulls at you. Don't let it happen. So Bezos used the word distinctiveness seven different times in that single 2020 letter. And so, again, this idea of creating more than you consume, being distinctive, and not letting outside forces force you into being uh, typical, but keeping that distinctiveness. And I would say from, you know, a, a business side or opportunity, it's that distinctiveness that is going to uh, help you and allow you to 
help your customers grow your business because customers today want the experience and want to know there's something different and distinct about what you do versus every other purveyor of uh, your competitors that that might be out there. So again, the thought I want you to take away, you know, from this conversation is what can you do? How can you build processes, services that allow you to have a meaningfully differentiated experience for the customers that you um, are responsible for engaging with. And, and I mentioned that this might become a 15th principle because as I've talked to different people, talked a bit more about this concept of differentiation, it seems to resonate with people and it seems to be another one of those maybe hidden for a long time within Amazon uh, uh, principles that they use consciously and sub, uh, subconsciously to continue to build their distinctiveness. And remember, Bezos started out in a garage getting books for people, putting them in a package, driving them to the post office and mailing them out. Don't forget where Amazon started and don't dismiss what I think are important growth principles that you can use in your business in order to grow. Now, it's unlikely you're going to be another Amazon. Amazon is one of the most valuable companies in the world today. But that doesn't mean there aren't some things you can learn and apply in your own world and business. So I'll have more to talk about uh, with the second edition of the book once we get a little further along down the line in terms of writing and strategizing on what we're going to put in there. But I hope uh, today's conversation sparks some thoughts and ideas uh, for you to help you uh, grow your business. Thanks for being with me.